Amen. Receive the blessing. I kind of like the blessing of the Lord, don't you? Amen. I'd like to um, start this morning just by, just by reminding uh, those who, who know of, of the vision of the house and those who don't know, just uh, informing you uh, of it. Um, the, the vision for our church is that we want to be life-changing. Uh, so, you know, we put it in the name, Life Change. We want to see uh, life change take place in each and every one of our lives, uh, and uh, we want to see the lives of others changed and transformed. Life change in the house, and we want to see lives changed out. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, just think, I know you know multiple people who need the life-changing power of the Lord at work in uh, their lives. And if you don't know this, you know, with, uh, with very few exceptions, uh, we all need the Lord's life-changing power at work in our lives. I don't know about you, but I still need Him to work on me, and I'm thankful that He is working on me. So we want it to be, uh, as, as we look at this new year, you know, we're into February now, we've got this whole year ahead of us. As we look at this new year, uh, we want it to be a life-changing year for each and every one of us. We want this to be a life-changing place, and we want to see not only our lives changed, but we want to see life change happen in our children, in our youth. We want to be a life-changing church in our uh, community. Now, we believe that, uh, that life change really happens um, when we get our connections right and when we get our choices right. When we start uh, making right connections, so maybe you say it this way, connections and choices are life changing, uh, positive or negative. Right? You, can, you can make poor choices and those are going to have a positive, uh, a negative life-changing effect on your life. Um, we, we don't want that. We're about the positive life change. We want the life change that the Lord has for us. So, so connections, right connections, lead to right positive life change. Right choices lead to right and positive life change change. If you know someone who is in need of life change, then, then if you're honest and really look, you will identify that they are making some poor connections and making some poor choices. Like, uh, well, we don't have to give examples because we're running out of time already. Um, so we, we want to help People get their connections right. We want to help each and every one of us get our connections right. And we want to help get choices right. So four life-changing connections. Uh, These will will change your life uh, and uh, and 
the Lord will continue to use these connections to continue to change your life. First and foremost, a connection to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Obvious, right? Uh, Second, a connection to his church. Third, a connection to uh, his word. And fourth, a connection to his purpose. If someone makes a connection to Jesus, to his church, to his word, to his purpose, and they grow in those connections, it, it's going to be life-changing. If, if, they are, if there's areas in need of change and transformation in uh, their lives, chances are they, they may be uh, not as deeply connected as they should be, uh, not, or, or not making these connections like they should be making these uh, connections. So, uh, so um, I believe that if we help people make a connection to the church, that they will eventually, if they'll stay connected, make a connection to Jesus. They'll make a connection to his word. They'll make a connection to uh, his purpose. One of the reasons I love the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because it is life-changing. Now, uh, those, so, th- so those are four connections to remind, you, to remind you of. And then there are the seven life-changing choices uh, that, I like to, that I like to talk about. Um, I believe that, that the Lord helped me with these. They're very simple, but I, I feel like the Lord helped me with them. You can, you can you know, accept that or not, so I'm okay with that. Um, but uh, one of the things I love about these is everybody can do them. They're, they're easy to understand, and if, if anyone will make these choices, it's going to be life-changing for them. There's just no way around it. It's going to be life-changing for you, and I love these because they all help, they all will help you to further or more deeply connect to the church, which is going to help you with your connection to Jesus, to his word, to, uh, his, to his purpose. So I'm going to give you the seven um, of them. Uh, but I'm not going to focus on all seven, right? We'll just, one of them's giving. We'll just focus in uh, today and next Sunday on this life-changing choice of of giving. So a lot of times I'll I'll just give these in no particular order. I've uh, recently put some thought into them and did put them in an order. Uh, So I'll give them to you in the order I put them in. Uh, Again, you know, I hope you like it if you don't. Change it up, customize it, make it fit you what, what you like, right? Because we're all difficult to please people. I included myself. Okay, number one, uh, pray. It's, a, it's a, a life-changing choice, easy, easy to do, nobody's surprised. Make the choice to pray. I'd encourage you to do it uh, every day. Uh, and to and to grow in your uh, prayer life, to to learn from the Holy Spirit, from His Word, uh, how to pray. Uh, pray for your family, your friends, your church, your pastor, your country. Pray to just seek the Lord and know Him better. Uh, so, life changing choice. Uh, pray. Um, you know. You know. Really, all seven of these. There are probably many, many Christians, I, I don't know, I'll just throw out a number, maybe half, that aren't doing any of them. Um, number two, uh, attend. 
Attend church. Uh, churches open every Sunday. There's a lot of them. Attend. Just You're not going to make a connection if you're not there. Uh, we, we, as we look and see the day approaching, we are instructed to not give up meeting together. That's, that is Hebrews 10. Um, so, and, and it's life-changing. Attend church. It'll be life-changing for you. Um, I, I've struggled on those two, which would, which would be the first. Attend, pray. I went with pray. Um, and then attend. If, you, if, if somebody needs some life change in their life, you get them doing those two things, and things are going to begin to shift and change. Third is give. Uh, we'll come back to that one and focus in on that one. Uh, four would be to invite. Uh, we, we want to help others to connect with the church, so uh, make the choice to invite. Still, uh, with, with all of our technology and social media, uh, still the best way to get someone to come to church and connect to a church uh, is a personal invitation. Uh, and, and that will be life-changing for you uh, as well. And I'll preach a sermon on that again someday. Um, five is to serve. Uh, see, see how all of these are helping you to, deep, to more deeply connect uh, to uh, the church. I, I just wonder how many Christians are not praying, uh, not attending, not giving. I know there's a lot not attending and a lot not giving. Uh, not inviting. Uh, if they're not attending, they're probably not inviting. Um, and, uh, and not serving. Um, so, you know, make, make a choice. See where you can get involved, help, serve uh, in some way. Uh, number six uh, is to encourage. Uh, when you... When you uh, uh, attend, especially church, uh, come with the attitude of, uh, again, Hebrews 10, of I'm here to spur others on and to encourage them. That's one of the reasons we're to meet together, is to encourage one another. And if everybody shows up, when you, when you come together with the people of God, there's two things that are needed. Uh, they need your encouragement, and you need theirs, right? Come on, we, we are His people, we're not selfish, it's not all about us, right? It's not, you know... Uh, you know, what, what am I going to get? What am I going to receive? Uh, it's, it's, it's also, or what I need, but it's also what others need from me. You know, a lot of people don't come to church, uh, don't attend because they don't think they need it. But what about, you do, by the way, but what about others? What do others need uh, from, from you? So come with the attitude uh, to uh, encourage. And then seven is attitude. Uh, attitude uh, whether we like to hear it or not, is my attitude is under my control and I can make a choice. Granted, there are times that it's more difficult than others. There are times where, where you know, a simple rebuke and my attitude will listen. And then there's other times when I got to put that thing in a headlock and slam him down on the ground and pray to God for strength and help. And uh, If you get me, you get me tired and hungry, and my daughter's losing the basketball game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble with my attitude, but I'm fighting. Yeah, so, so make the choice of attitude, and uh, we all know, Philippians 2, that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. We make these choices, they're going to be life-changing for us. So as we move ahead uh, into this year... Uh, we want to continue to work on our connections, work on our choices, help people to make right connections, help them to make uh, right uh, choices. I believe that when, when, when people are making right connections, right choices, positive 
life-giving life change is going to take place in their lives. So if you need some life change in your life, look at your connections, look at your choices. Somebody else needs some life change in their life, counsel them, encourage them, help them with their connections, with their choices. I often start with, hey, are you attending church? And the answer is usually no. And I'm like, well, hey, there you go. Try that. Start attending church. That's not going to help. Okay, don't try it. I don't know. Do what you want to do, which most people do. Um, I guess we all do. We all do what we want to do. So uh, every now and then I've got to talk about these things, bring these things up, and um, focus focus on one area of them. And so today and next Sunday, I'd like to focus in on this area of giving. Giving is a life-changing, powerful choice. Uh, Don't you love uh, Paul's reminder in Acts 20 of the words of Jesus, where he says, Jesus has said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I know that I'm often wrong, and so are you, but Jesus is not. He is right and just and true. And if he has said it's more blessed to give than to receive, it is more blessed to give than to receive. There's all kinds of scripture uh, on giving. Um, uh, giving the, uh, the, and, and money, uh, the, the need that we have for money, the, the dangers of of money, um, all kinds of uh, scriptures on giving and and on not giving, um, but you know probably probably the the one that we uh, as a church kind of gravitate toward and really use as a guide uh, is the is the uh, is the instruction about bringing our tithe and offering into the storehouse uh, in Malachi. Uh, chapter three. So, I want us to, I want us to to get there to uh, Malachi uh, chapter three, um, and uh, and and come through uh, this scripture and just and we'll just talk about it a little bit. Um, in uh, it, the the book of Malachi, as, as you're probably very familiar, if you're not. Um, then I'll tell you, is the last book of the Old Testament. And then, then the next book in the Bible is Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, which is the first book uh, in the New Testament. So we have this, uh, this instruction uh, in uh, Malachi about, about giving, about tithing and bringing the offering. We're going to get into that in just a second, but, um, but it but it is often uh, challenged by this idea that it is an Old Testament uh, scripture, that it is in the, 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 the Old Testament and not in the New Testament. So if, if you remember, the word uh, testament means covenant. Uh, 
so you've got the you've got the Bible, God's uh, holy scriptures, that is broken up into two testaments, into two uh, covenants. You have the Old Testament, the Old uh, Covenant, Malachi's in the Old, and then you have the New Testament, the New uh, Covenant, and we are New Covenant saints. We are New Covenant. Uh, believers, there is a new thing that God has done, and that is what we are a part of. We are in covenant with God. We have entered into the new uh, covenant, uh, the covenant made through the blood of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. But uh, having said uh, that, that doesn't mean that the Old Testament or the Old Covenant or those scriptures are not holy and valuable and, and needed. In the New Testament, you find that, uh, that uh, like in the book of Hebrews, for instance, the book of Hebrews is, is, is a book telling us about the awesomeness of the New Covenant. And the book of Hebrews does this by telling us this truth from the Old Covenant. It's filled with Old Testament Scripture and gives us revelation and meaning from the Old Testament Scripture about the New Covenant that we are a part of, that has been established through the blood of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, when uh, the apostles taught, you know, in the book of Acts and, and all throughout uh, the New Testament, they, they taught the new covenant from the Old Testament uh, scriptures. And when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ taught, he did this as well. So I wanted to uh, read to you, um, before, we, before we get going too far, Luke 24 uh, 25 through 27. If you remember Luke 24, I, I love this uh, passage of Scripture there. Jesus has died. He has uh, been you know, crucified on the cross, buried in the tomb, uh, rose again on the third day. He has made appearance. So, so there have been those who have uh, seen him uh, resurrected. And then the, then the story shifts to this to this story that we call the road to Emmaus, where these two disciples are taking this journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and as they are walking, Jesus walks up on these two disciples, but he keeps his identity hidden from them so they don't know who he is, and he's listening to them talk about things that have happened, and he questions them you know, about what's happened, and they're like, where, where have you been, man? You living in a hole? How have you not known this? Jesus, you don't know about Jesus of Nazareth and how he has uh, died and now there's reports of his resurrection and, and they, they talk about Jesus as a prophet and, and we were hopeful that he might be the Messiah, the Christ, the one that we uh, are waiting for and then Jesus begins to speak to them and, and this is what he says. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So, so Jesus says, because they're not exactly sure uh, at this point in time if Jesus is who they thought he is. Verse 26, did, the Messiah, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses 
And all through the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. If I could take a walk, I'd like to be on that walk. And hear Jesus go back into the Old Testament, into the Old Covenant, to Moses and the prophets, and from those scriptures explain all that scripture has to say concerning him and the coming and what would shift and change and the new covenant that would be established. We are New Testament saints. We love the holy scriptures, the holy Old Covenant Scriptures, the Holy New Testament Scriptures, and we gain understanding and revelation and direction from them both. Uh, now having said that, let's, let's pull up Malachi chapter 3. A friend of, mine, friend of mine, when he would preach, pastor friend of mine, when he would preach, he would, he would say Malachi or or if you like, Malachi. Mm. Uh, so, so whatever you prefer. Malachi chapter 3, we'll start, at verse, we'll start at verse 6. This, this is the, the Lord speaking. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. So God declares right off the bat something that we know about him, that he is not like a shifting shadow. Uh, he does not change. You know what he declared uh, in numbers uh, through, interesting, through uh, Balaam, uh, that he is not a man that he would change or change his mind. And that's why we know that his word is true. We recognize that God is faithful and that he is faithful to his covenant and that he does not change. And this is our hope. God is faithful. God is true. He is unchanging. Um, this is true also uh, and, and, and declared rightfully so uh, in Hebrews, right, where it's said of Jesus that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Verse 7, uh, we, so, so maybe you're thinking, well, you know, you just said there was an old covenant and now there's a new covenant, so it seems like change to me. Right? The covenant's changed. Things changed. Times changed. God has not. His, his purposes have not. His character has not. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. Uh, now, uh, if, if you don't know the tithe, um, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's become a, it's an Old Testament word. It means a tenth. Uh, and, and there was instruction to bring the tithe into the storehouse. Tithes and offerings. This is how you rob. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. So then there is, uh, he, he refers to the tithes and offerings, and then he talks about uh, this curse and being under a curse because of the robbing, which again, he's talking about the tithe uh, and, and the offering. Verse 10, 
Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Let me just pause right there a second. Just, you know, just talk about these verses just uh, for understanding uh, sake. So, uh, so uh, they, were to, they were to bring the tithe into the storehouse, bring the tithe into God's uh, house. And he says that you're to do that, the purpose there, that that might be food in uh, his uh, house. So uh, one of the things that would happen um, was that this is how the house of the Lord was cared for, and this is how the priests who served in the temple uh, were cared for. If you remember, the Levites were the priests, and they had no inheritance. Uh, Their inheritance was the Lord. And so the, the people were to bring uh, not only uh, their sacrifices, but they were to bring uh, their tithe into, uh, the, into the house of the Lord. And that meant that there would be provision in the house of the Lord to care for the house of the Lord and to care for the priests who didn't have an inheritance, only the Lord, and that cared, and that cared for them. And th- this was their instruction. And so they're, they're not doing this here uh, in Malachi. So the Lord uh, speaks to them. Of, of his desire for the tithe, the offering to come into the storehouse that there may be food in his house. Now he says, uh, this, is, this is one of the, the only times the Lord says this, or it is the only time that the Lord says this in this, in this regard, to test uh, him uh, in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So now uh, the blessing also comes into the conversation. So here in these, in these verses, you've got, uh, you've got uh, the Lord bringing instruction. Uh, you've got a curse uh, that is mentioned. You've got the blessing that uh, is mentioned. So, uh, so um, if they are listening to the instruction to give the tithe, and the offering, the Lord says, then there will be blessing in his house, fullness in his house, food in uh, his house. And then he says that he will bring a blessing on their house. That he's, if, if the Lord's house is being blessed, then there's a blessing that's going to come. So the Lord's not only concerned about his own house, but about their house as well, about the blessing of the Lord coming on their uh, house. And he says, uh, so much so that there'll not be room enough uh, to store it. And then it goes on, it continues, it gets even better. And everybody gets kind of caught up on the, you're robbing me and the curse, and, and, and they get all tied up in knots because of that, and, they, and they're like, man, that's so hard and difficult, but they miss the good coming out of it, right? The, the, the enough, the food, the blessing, the prosperity in the house of God that then flows over onto the house of his people. I don't know about you, but I, I do enjoy the blessing of the Lord. Uh, verse 11, it, so, so it gets even better. Verse 11, he says, I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before uh, it is ripe, so, so there's going to be uh, rebuking of the devourer uh, over your crops and, and blessing on uh, your harvest, uh, says the Lord Almighty, uh, which, by the way, uh, He is Almighty. He can do it. Yeah. Then all, then, then this is interesting as well. Uh, 
Uh, then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So, so if this is done, there's going to be blessing on my house, that there'll be food in my house. It's going to roll over to blessing on you, that, that you'll not have room enough to contain it. That blessing will go to me rebuking the devourer, to blessing uh, your crops so that you have an abundant harvest. And he says, and then you will be recognized as blessed. That the blessing of the Lord on our lives will be seen by the nations and they will recognize and proclaim that we are a blessed people who live in a delightful land. Now, I don't, I don't, know, uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but, but it doesn't just say that they'll just recognize it, but it says that they'll call you blessed. They will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. I don't know if this applies or not. I'm going to take a shot at it. You think about it. In, in Genesis chapter 12, uh, did I give you that, Scott? Did I give you Genesis 12? One, one through three? Listen to this. This is, this is what is spoken to, to Abraham. Um, when God first shows up, going to call him to leave and go to, this is what the Lord says to him. The Lord had said to Abram, he's not Abraham yet, God's going to change his name. Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. See, the desire of the Lord is to bless Abram. He says, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Not only will he be blessed, but he's going to, others are going to be, that's what, that's what you being a blessing means. Others are going to be blessed because you are blessed. It continues. Look at this. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will, be, I will curse. This is the only mention of the curse uh, there uh, in this blessing promise to Abraham. So, so before you get all caught up on the curse... Take a good hard look at the blessing. I will bless those who bless you. This is what, this is part of what I was thinking there. So, uh, Scripture tells us that in Christ Jesus, we are now heirs of the promises of Abraham. So, all this spoken here is now spoken to us. So, I am blessed. And I am a blessing. And when someone blesses me, God blesses them. I don't know what happens if you curse. I don't know. Blessed people shouldn't be cursing blessed people. Uh, out of the same mouth should not come blessing and cursing. Right, just, just blessing. He says, I will bless those who bless you. So then back in Malachi, it says that, he says, the nations are going to not only recognize you're blessed, but they're going to call you blessed. So if that means that they're, that they're blessing, then that means that a blessing is going to come on them because they are blessing the blessed people of God. All of this taking, so uh, think about that. You can meditate on it. You don't like it? Tell me later. Um, Right now, just say amen. 
Blessing on the house of the Lord. Uh, Opened up floodgates, poured out blessing on the house of his people. And then, because the nations bless, a blessing on the nations. Does that work? It's just releasing like the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. And then, uh, and then we certainly know this, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Because from Abraham comes Isaac, the son of the promise, the son of the blessing. And from Isaac comes Jacob. From Jacob comes Judah. From Judah, David. Hallelujah. You ever hear the old preacher say, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The go, just did it right there. Either that or I got a chill and, it's not, and I'm not cold. Thank you, Lord. From Judah comes David. From David comes Jesus. And Jesus opens a door that cannot be shut. He has set in motion the new covenant, the day of salvation, where all who will call on Him shall be saved. Everyone who will can come. And to all who believe and receive, He gives the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And that is who we are. And what we are has not yet, what we will be has not yet been totally seen. But we know that someday we will be like Him. Thank you, Lord. So all are blessed through Abraham, and because of our faith and trust in Jesus, we are Abraham's descendants. Where I'd like you to focus this morning is not on the curse, but on the blessing. Now, the church has operated this way for years, and I think it is a good way to operate, where the people of God, the saints, bring the tithe and offering into the church. Bring it into the storehouse. The tithe is 10, is 10%. The offering is above that. So this is the way that it's operated. You bring your 10, and then you've got offerings above and beyond that that you do with like you would like to do. Like if you'd like to support a missionary or give to a, to a church plant, or a special offering uh, for a minister that would come, or, or whatever other thing uh, that offering would be, that, that uh, in the past and currently, traditionally, and, and tradition's not bad, uh, is above and beyond the tithe. The 10% is given to the church, and then we are instructed to also bring offering above and beyond that. Now, if you don't, are you cursed? Often, often preached, uh, often proclaimed, uh, not from me. If we go to Galatians chapter 3, take a moment and talk about the curse. You talk about the, 
and then we'll get back to talking about the blessing. Mm-hmm. Remember, we are new covenant believers. Uh, Galatians 3, verse 1. You foolish Gentiles. Now that's us. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it it really was in vain? So again, I ask, ask, uh, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by you believing in what you heard? So they have come to Christ by uh, believing in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, and, and, and have come to him believing that it is by grace that we are saved and not uh, by works so that no one uh, can boast. And now you know, they were trying to lay all these regulations of the law on top of them. And so he's, Paul is, is challenging this and making uh, this argument, do we live by faith? Do we live by the Spirit? Uh, Do we live by the work that Jesus has done, or do we live by the works that we have done? Is it it, it, uh, salvation through Christ? Are we justified through Christ, or are we justified through the law? And just just back one chapter, uh, he's already declared. He says, we Jews, we know this, that no one is justified by the law. So we also, he said, we Jews also run to Jesus because we recognize that it is only in Christ that we are justified. Uh, Where are we? Verse 6. So he's going to mention Abraham. So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Uh, It's amazing. It's an amazing truth. Amazing story. We don't got time to talk about it, but you probably know it. Uh, Abraham uh, is given a promise. He believes the promise. And because he believes, God declares him righteous. Verse 7. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify, there's a great word, the Gentiles by faith, and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. We just read it. All nations will be blessed through you. Again, why? Because from Abraham comes Jesus. And from Jesus comes salvation. From Jesus comes freedom. From Jesus comes a new covenant All nations will be blessed through you. So here we are reminded that those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus 
are children of Abraham. We could connect other scriptures like uh, like Ephesians 2 and Ephesians 3, just declare that we, are, that we are under the blessings and the promises of Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. Verse 9. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Like we just read and proclaimed, here we've got scripture, uh, chapter and verse, that when God said, I'll bless Abraham, when God spoke to Abraham and said, I will bless you, he was, he was speaking the gospel in advance to Abraham. And through Abraham's seed, Jesus proclaiming a blessing on you. Do you understand that? Hallelujah. God shows up to Abram and says, I'll bless you. And when he said that to Abram, he said it all the way to me. He said it all the way to you. So God has, God has proclaimed blessing over you. Well, amen. That excites me. Verse 10, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. So is there curse? Yes. Do we see curse uh, in Scripture? Do we see it in the Old Testament? Yes. When sin entered the picture, we see curse enter the picture, right? You remember the serpent was cursed? You remember the, uh, the ground was cursed? Uh, you remember Cain uh, cursed uh, because of killing his brother Abel? So yes, the curse enters the picture. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. So when God when God speaks of a curse there in Malachi, he's not, not speaking out of turn. But, continue to verse 11. Uh, clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. So we are, we are not uh, trying to live for God or come to God or gain justification uh, through the law. We have come to him through the blood of Christ. We have entered uh, Hebrews 10 through a new and living way, through the curtain that is the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and through a new uh, high priest great high priest who is high priest forever, not in the Levitical order, but in the order of Melchizedek. It is a new covenant in Christ Jesus. We, the righteous, live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, uh, the person who does these things will live by them. Christ, verse 13, Christ, redeemed us 
from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Thank you, Jesus. He redeemed us. You see the curse mentioned? Now the blessing's about to be mentioned. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The blessing, uh, the promise, uh, receiving, all of these things are the things that the Lord has come and spoke to Abraham, that he desires for his people. The blessing, the blessing, the blessing, the promise. And so from Abraham comes Jesus, the only holy, worthy Lamb of God who shed his blood and redeemed us from the law, has set us free from sin and redeemed us from the curse that we might enter in to Christ, that we might enter into the promise that we might enter into the blessing, that we might be justified and, and, have the, and be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So, is there a curse on sin? Yes, there is. Is there a curse on the people of God? No, there is not. We are, is Christ cursed? Are we in Christ? We are in Christ he has dealt with the curse. Does this, are we freed in Christ Jesus? Absolutely. Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Therefore, live free. We are not in a covenant of fear and trembling and, and, and bondage and hindrance and slavery and cursing. We have entered into a new covenant of freedom and blessing, and peace, and promises, a covenant of yes. Now does this mean we sin? Surely not. God forbid. Sin increases, grace increases all the more, so should we sin? God forbid. We died to sin. We don't live in sin. We were born again to God. We are righteous people. We live in righteousness. We are not free to sin. We are not free to sin. We are freed from sin. The power of sin is broken off of our lives so it does not rule and reign. It is not my master and I am not its slave. The Lord God Almighty is my Father, my God, my King, my Master, and, and I, am, I am filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. It is at, he is at work in my life who leads me on the path of life, leads me down the path of righteousness. Is sin still destructive? Yes. Does it still steal, kill, destroy? Absolutely. I'm the new covenant, I am freed from it by grace, not by works, so that no one can boast. It is everything that Christ has done. 
now, uh, I'm trying to think of, I'm sweating, praise the Lord. I'm trying to think of how to, how to just simply say some of this. Uh, for us in Christ Jesus, the curse is gone. For us in Christ Jesus, the blessing is greater. So all that's spoken in Malachi is more and better and greater in the new covenant. Some of you may struggle with this. Uh, if you are, just speak with me after and we'll talk. The blessing coming on the people of God. The promises are for the people of God. Uh, I, I need to, and I'm running out of time, but I need, I need to finish. Um, so adding to this, let's read 2 Corinthians 1. Joy quoted this this morning. This is important. 2 Corinthians 1, uh, Paul speaking through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let, let me just say that there's, there's all kinds of blessings and promises spoken about giving in the New Testament and in the Old. And and those promises are yes for us. Old Testament ones, New Testament ones. So we spent some time talking about the, the promise in Malachi 3. You remember it? God says, try me out. Test me. See what I'll do. Will I not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you that you'll not have room enough to contain it. Even though that's Old Testament scripture, for us who are in Christ, it is a yes promise. And we say, amen, Lord. Amen. Bring it, Lord. I'll take it. Open up the floodgates. Pour out the blessing. Maybe we don't understand how good it is to have the blessing of the Lord on something. Paul says this, he says, when, uh, was I fickle when I intended to do this? He's talking about coming to them. Uh, but then, and that like triggers this thought in his mind and he just goes into this beautiful, powerful declaration. Uh, or, or, you know, and the Holy Spirit was leading to. Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say both yes and yes and no and no, right? That's worldly manner, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Uh, but as surely as God is faithful, you remember same yesterday, today, forevermore, the Lord God does not change. Our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, uh, Paul, and Silas, and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him it has always been yes. It has always been yes, all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, when the gospel was proclaimed to Abraham in advance. It was yes. 
I'm going to bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you. For no matter how many promises God has made, and it doesn't matter how many. Oh my gosh, I love this passage of Scripture. And no matter how many promises God has made, in Christ they are yes. Hallelujah. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Yes. I'm round about you as the mountains are round about Jerusalem. Yes. I sing over you songs of deliverance. Yes. I'm going to throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing you'll not have room enough to contain it. I'll go ahead and I'll rebuke the devourer. I'll make your harvest increase and the nations will look and call you blessed because of the blessing of the Lord on your life. Yes. And so through him, amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. I think when we take our tithe and our offering and we bring it into the storehouse and we say, yes, amen, the promises of the Lord, we expect and see the greater blessing of the Lord on our lives. I don't, I don't do it because I'm afraid of a curse. Jesus has handled that. I do it because I say amen and yes to the blessing. And then the blessing comes. I'm going to talk about this next week too because it's not all about the blessing, but this is all we got time for this morning. We don't have time for this. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us. And God is glorified and exalted. Now, it is God. It's him who does everything who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. In Christ Jesus, we are anointed. We are his. Uh, we have the Holy Spirit power at work in our lives. We are grafted branches in the vine that is Christ. And that is a blessed vine. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to end just by, yeah, I'm going to end now. I'll, I'll quick, I'll quick. I'll do it quick. Something so fascinating to me in 2 Samuel chapter 6. You remember this? This is David wants the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem, so he moves to bring it in. And they're bringing it in on a cart. The cart hits a bump. The ark shifts. Uh, Yuza or Uzza, again, however you'd like to say it, reaches out his hand, touches it. The Lord's angry with him, strikes him dead. David gets upset with God. He's afraid to, to do anything else. And so he takes the ark of the covenant and he brings it aside and sets it in the house of Obed-Edom. Now read that to you. What happens next? Second Samuel Chapter 6, then the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom from Gidi for three months. And the Lord blessed him and his entire household. 
Now, King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. God can bless your house so greatly that it will be known, that it will be seen, that it will be proclaimed over your life, proclaimed over your household, that they are blessed by God. And that, if, if I'm reading things right, that's what he wants to do. And that's what we want him to do. That's what we need him to do. If you track out Obed-Edom after this and his descendants, you will find him running down the ark everywhere it goes. He got a taste of the blessing of the Lord and didn't want to live without it. God wants to bless our houses. We need him to bless our houses. And he can throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing on our house that, that everything we have will be blessed and people will begin to talk. It's okay if people talk. Let them talk. Did you get to kick out all these people on social media who, who share everything and then they fuss when people talk about it? You're sharing everything. You don't want people to talk about it? Anyway. We want people to talk about the blessing of the Lord on our lives. About the blessing of the Lord on our house. And it goes down. You have time to get to this, but Exodus 20. Right? The blessing goes down to a thousand generations of those who love Him. The blessing, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. And we have a promise. We have a promise. And we say yes and amen to it. I encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, encourage you to give. And God will bless it. And He'll use your gift to be a blessing. And there'll be some incredible thing that takes place when the Lord blesses you. People will see and they will recognize this is God's doing. The Lord is blessing this house. We, don't we need the nations to see the blessing of the Lord again on the house and on the house of his people? We are the people of God called by his name, new covenant saints, blessed and highly favored and called to give. And God wants to bless. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your presence here with us. Uh, thank you for the wonderful, beautiful gift of giving. Pray that you'd lead your people. Lord, I think a great pattern is the tithe and the offering. And I pray you speak to hearts and give instruction and guidance. And we know, Lord, 
that, that because all that you have done, Lord Jesus, that somehow, even though we don't deserve to, because of the blood of Christ, we can draw near to God. We can enter into your presence and know you and walk with you and talk with you and have relationship with you. So Lord, I pray you'd stir your people to seek you, to seek your truth, to run to you, to come into your presence and to know, Lord, that that now because of all that you've done, we are free. The promise is yes. The blessing is for us. And we give you praise and exalt you for this. With every head bowed and eyes closed, today if you hear me talking about Jesus and you just want to trust him fresh and new this morning, maybe you've done this before, but you just want to renew your faith and trust in Jesus and enter into this new covenant with him. I just ask you to raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Amen. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching online and you just want to join in and you want to pray and make Jesus the Lord of your life, just raise your hand right there where you are. We're just all going to pray. Just pray together. Just pray this from your heart. I'll lead and you can just uh, repeat after me and just from your heart, uh, through your prayer, make Jesus the Lord of your life. Lord Jesus, I trust you. I trust in your work. I believe that what you have done is enough. I thank you for grace, for your blood. I open my heart and ask you to come into my life. Enter into covenant with me. Help me to enter into covenant with you. Let my life be changed and transformed by your work. Jesus, be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for the blessing. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Uh, blessed and highly favored people of God. Uh, The Lord be with you. Have a great day, great week. Uh, Bless uh, with your mouth as many people as you can. And um, I'll see you back here next Sunday.